Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of BU with Declan Edwards. Now, if you've been following this podcast for a while, you would know that every second episode we have an amazing guest expert on, and this week is no different. I'm very, very proud and very happy to announce that this week I'll be interviewing the amazing Alicia Edge from Compete Nutrition. She's one of the very few uh, accredited practicing sports dietitians in Australia and actually worked at the AIS working on the nutrition of top-level elite athletes. Now, if you're not an athlete, don't worry, that doesn't mean you're not going to gain something from this episode because I'm actually going to be talking to Alicia about how to take this nutrition advice and information that she teaches to top-level athletes to improve their performance and their energy levels and their motivation in day-to-day life And how we can apply that in our lives as well and how you can apply that in your life. So if you're looking for more energy in your day-to-day, for more motivation, and if you're looking to increase your knowledge about what sort of foods you can put in your body to fuel yourself and to increase your energy and motivation, then this is going to be a great episode for you. So make sure you stay tuned. It's going to be an amazing episode. And once again, thank you for coming to the podcast. Hello, Alicia. Hey, Declan. How you doing? Really well, thank you. How are you? Good, thanks. Uh, we are live, so welcome on. Perfect, thanking you. And thank you again for uh, coming on at such short notice. For uh, our listeners who are tuning into this episode, Alicia and I met, oh geez, about six hours ago. Yeah, we are and, very uh... close friends now. <laughs> <laughs> so I just uh, gave the listeners a little bit of an introduction into you, which was very little because we met six hours ago, so yeah. I sort of covered as much as I know. <laughs> but I'd love to hand over to yourself to uh, introduce yourself, tell people, uh, you know, what you've been doing and what uh, over the past couple of years and what you're currently doing, and what got you into that space as well. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm an advanced sports dietitian, so um, I I guess I based my career um at the AIS in Canberra for a few years working with some elite athletes and also development athletes in that space uh and before we decided to move north uh, away from the hub of athletes which kind of led us to start to think bigger and look at options to remove that geographical barrier to supporting athletes in the nutrition space and that's when we decided to think inside the tech side of things and see if we can reinvent and redesign how people actually interact with dietitians because um, I don't think it's a secret that dietitians have a pretty bad um, image issue and um, you know I guess people only really see us if there's something wrong or if someone's told you that you need to go and see a dietitian and we just really wanted to um, remove that barrier make it more of a continuous coaching option. And um, that's when we've built Compete Nutrition, and which is an online portal and online dashboard that um, the athlete and active individual can use to improve their performance, both in life and in sport, I guess is a big thing for us is that, you know, performance nutrition isn't just for athletes. Um, it's for a really big range of people. Yeah. And I know you mentioned this morning when we met, you said you're quite passionate about helping people understand nutrition in a way that is proactive, but also a way that helps them increase, you know, things that I think everyone is looking for, like having more energy and focus in the day and, um, you know, more motivation and just having that empowerment around understanding food. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's such a key part. I think too often, um, particularly for dietitians, I think a lot of people will think, oh, I only need to see them if I'm overweight or if I've got a, you know, diabetes or medical issue or anything like that. But I think the big thing is, is that looking after nutrition can bring so much more to life and um, in so many areas other than just a body composition or just a number. And so we monitor closely not weight very often unless it's a key goal for um, the individual. But for most people, it's really about increasing energy or, you know, motivation to train or sleep quality and all those things that have so much more value and so much more relevance to health than just a number that you might see on the scales or, um, you know, and it all really lines up to achieving those long-term health goals anyway. So if you're kicking the goals and feeling energized and motivated and, um, you know, your appetite's really well controlled in a nice way and a, um, you know, friendly way towards food, then you're going to be achieving so many more goals than you may have set out to anyway. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I, Cannot say uh, enough how much we're big believers in what you do. You know, obviously, we talk a lot on this podcast about overall well-being. So looking mm, after the physical, mm. the mental, and the emotional. And I, I'm such a believer that you can't split them, right? So, yeah. so much around nutrition and feeding ourselves with the, with the right foods and nourishing ourselves that has a massive flow and effect, as you said, to, mm. to other areas of our life outside our physical health and well-being. Yeah. And I think, you know, even this morning we mentioned that uh, I think a lot of people settle for mediocre or forget what it's like to actually feel good and with energy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know I was really guilty of uh, In a way, um, we have a nine month old at home and she's a terrible sleeper. And I found myself, I, I actually forgot what be, feeling good feels like. And I just kind of found myself settling because, you know, th- this was absolutely something out of my control at the time. So um, sleep was a non-existent in many regards and still isn't I I think we had a really bad night last night and I told you that when we saw you this morning and um so I think you know when I started to get a few good nights sleep I was like wow this is actually what it's like to be full of energy again and motivated and concentrating um but I think you know it's easy to forget what that feels like when it's been a lifetime and or you just think that that might be normal so for us the nutrition side of it and that nutrition pillar comes into play with so many other things and that's where that psychology and that mindful um, mindfulness is so important as well yeah yeah without a doubt and you know it's really cool to speak to another expert who sees that it has to all work together yeah like it's a whole we're a whole system we can't just have that one size fits all band-aid fixed golden solution of oh this will this is the one thing that's gonna make a difference it's it's a whole system approach yeah um which is so good to hear so look mm. i like to ask people who come on the show mm. a little bit about what got them into what they're doing and why they're passionate about what they do a bit about the person behind the movement i suppose yeah sure um, well i fell into nutrition actually i um I think I had physio first and then OT and then nutrition. Like I knew I wanted to be a helper as you call them or a health professional, I guess, but wasn't really sure where. And it just so happened that my marks got me into my third choice, which was nutrition, which worked out very well because I can now not imagine doing the other two that were my first choices. And um, I guess I didn't really set out to be a sports dietitian. I knew I loved food and was passionate about helping people to eat better and feel better, but um, I kind of fell into that sports nutrition space just through my passion, I guess, and my interest in sport. And I just got some really, really good opportunities. I was definitely persistent in my approach to getting that job at AIS, but, um, you know, it paid off and um, was a really valuable thing. And it, it just led to me to really want to bring that 
I guess for us, like at the AIS, you have this whole hub where there's all these individuals being supported by all those pillars. You know, we've got psychology, we've got sports science, we've got nutrition, we've got physio, we've got massage, we've got doctors, and everyone has that, you know, uh, full approach to support. And I was like, well, you know, that's great for the elite athlete to have, but why can't we bring that to everyone? And, you know, we, I can't really tackle all the other areas, but I can work with people who can like you guys um, to actually bring that to the athlete, um, no matter what your fitness level. And that's why we wanted to bring that nutrition space in that didn't really um, discriminate and it allowed everyone to access the same level of advice and support that I would give an elite athlete. Which is such a cool thing to be able to do and to give back. You know, I'm sitting here going, that's such a, um, such a remarkable thing to go. How can we get this level of quality and knowledge mm. to, you know, the everyday person who's looking after their physical well-being through fitness, but yeah. maybe doesn't know what to do with nutrition? Because I know uh, people listening to this podcast may be thinking, mm. okay, well, I'm not an <laughs> yeah. elite athlete. Yeah, yeah. Right? Absolutely. But I think there's so much value and knowledge that anyone who's, active and moving i said to you this morning we mm. speak a lot at gyms right yeah and we see you know put your hand up if you're looking after your physical well-being through exercise 90 percent of the room put your hand up if you're mm. looking after your physical well-being through nutrition and it's like 50 percent of the room which mm. is already a concerning number mm. but then you rightly pointed out this morning that of that 50 percent, half of them probably aren't actually really looking after their nutrition well because we get sucked into these fad diets yeah such a concern at the moment it's um i think we've got this issue of having so much information available to us that it's really difficult to find the path that's right for you or, you know, that is, doesn't conflict each time you start to try and eat a food. You'll be like, oh, well, this diet says that this is awful and then, well, this diet says it's a superfood. And uh, the biggest thing that people are coming to us now with, which I guess is a real credit hopefully to us and our standing still in a space that definitely divvies off into fads, is that they're coming back to us and going, can you just teach me how and what to eat again and that's Mm -hmm. um, been one of the biggest things that we've found that um, our athletes are saying to us so we really build on first bringing confidence into food choices so we show them you know how you can actually eat a whole range of food and still gain those results that they're after um, and be comfortable with the food choices that they're having and with that you know no restriction and um, removing that guilt around food is a really big thing that we aim for right from the start. Which is such a powerful thing because it's something so many people struggle with these days mm-hmm. is that, um, you know, emotional eating, feeling guilt around food, yeah. um, but also not enjoying food for what it is, which is so much more than just nutrients. Oh, thank you, Declan. I so agree. It's, um, oh, I think we look at food too much by what it's made up of and the macros. And, you know, now we've got If It Fits Your Macros as being a really big um, tracking thing at the moment. But it takes away from the fact that food is so much more than just food. It's, and, you know, the environment, it's memories, it's culture, it's enjoyment, it's social. Um, you know, it's just got so much more to it than just a number or the numbers within that food um, to make up a total for the day, you know. Yeah, I think a great analogy I heard around it once was uh, yeah. to treat food only as uh, what makes it up is to treat a home like just a pile of bricks. Yes, yes, love and, that. Perfect. And I think there's so much more to it. So I love, love, love that you guys are taking this approach that focuses around understanding the value of food from a, yes, a physical perspective, but also an emotional perspective as well. Yeah. Um, and really addressing some of those key things there. You mentioned this morning something that you mentioned in passing. I went, this is amazing. I have to <laughs> question you about this on the podcast. Yeah. 
but this whole concept of adding more rather than taking away. Ah, uh, sure. Yes. So the thing is, I guess, with nutrition and when people look at losing weight or whatever their goal may be, they first look at what they can limit. So they look at what they can take away, what they might be overeating. I know I'm going to quit sugar or I'm going to, you know, not eat carbohydrates. And that's what they focus on is what I'm taking out. But the thing is, if you start to focus on what you need to add in to improve your nutrition, whether that be, you know, more color, more veggies, more salad, um, you know, what can you do better and add in? There's less room to actually, you know, think about what you're actually removing without even thinking about it because you're not going hungry. You're not missing out. And all of a sudden you've increased your nutrition and improved your energy levels and um, your knowledge of food without ever actually restricting or going without. And I suppose that would also bring in that fun and playfulness and creativity sure. to food, right? Yes. Like, okay, how do I bring more colour to this meal? And it allows us to experiment with food, which is something I was never really into um, myself until hmm. my, my wife is actually, she used to be a chef. Oh, handy. And it blew my mind learning yeah. from her about like how to actually have fun with food and, and mm. be creative with it. Mm. Yeah, that's really nice. I think that's such a big thing is... Um, you know, when people utilize our platform that, you know, the, the first comments are always probably my favorite because I get, you know, Alicia, you've given me so much food to eat. This is amazing. Or it's like, oh my goodness, look at these recipes or, you know, the whole family is improved in terms of their health or the whole family's in enjoying the food. And that was such a big value to me. So that kind of feedback is so nice to hear that, you know, everyone can eat together because, you know, for, for me, food is not just food. It's, you know, social. So if I can get people eating the same meal together, talking about that meal, sharing a conversation, that's, you know, so much more valuable than um, any other number that you might be able to achieve. So when the whole family is improving their health or getting excited about food and food experiments, then that's really, really cool for me. Yeah, such a beautiful thing to be doing as well. And you mentioned that you know, one of the big things you're passionate about, one of the first things you try and do with people is help them increase their confidence around food. Yeah. How do you actually do that? Run us through that as, as a bit of a process. Yeah. So when we first get a client through, the first thing we want to do is know what they're currently doing at the moment. So at the end of the day, when people come to see us, sometimes it's not big changes that they need to make to actually get really big results mm. and so it's really important for us to actually get to know the person first so we get to know their goals what they're currently eating what they prefer to eat what they enjoy how many people they're feeding um, any nutrition restrictions that kind of thing or allergies you know all those types of things that are really important so we're we've always got a dietitian in the back end looking at all these details and then from there it becomes apparent what we need to work on so for some people, that's, um, you know, really performance focused. They may have a really good base nutrition and it's all about now the timings and the changing of the um, macros and things to actually achieve performance. So on that elite athlete side of things, we might be, you know, tinkering with a few really small things. But on the everyday active individual, it might be actually, you know what, you've actually got um, this happening really well and we focus on the positives that we can actually keep the same and then we start to add in things that they may have limited previously or they may have actually thought were not great foods or you know, good or bad foods is what I hear a lot of. So it's starting to educate them. So we not only do um, that approach where we're actually 
you know, habit-based change where we're adding things in and improving their nutrition. We're also um, giving them access to a whole bunch of video modules as well. So, um, you know, it, it's starting to introduce them to concepts of, you know, the basics of nutrition, why nutrition is important, and then bringing them into, you know, what nutrition is in terms of, you know, what energy balance is, how to actually lose weight, you know, in a way that is much more nourishing to the body and long-term or, you know, how to actually make sure you're eating enough um, and brings you into all these topics that we find are, you know, definitely um, incorrect in the social media world, but, you know, building that knowledge and then through that building the confidence and um, that's been a really good thing. And I guess the big thing for us is that we don't want people to need us forever. We don't want people to, you know, need to rely on say a menu being designed or a, um, dietitian always being there we want to be someone that is there when they need us most to then educate them and give them get the, give them inspiration to then make those changes that are long term which is such a powerful thing to do for people like i think you're right that it's it's unfortunately in healthcare a mm-hmm. very reactive it's let's wait till something's going wrong and then we'll go yeah. for help but yeah. then it almost creates this uh co-reliancy where it's mm-hmm. like okay well I feel like I have to go to you in order to know what to do. Yeah. I yeah. love that you guys are focused on empowering people to actually go, well, hang on, I'm going to gain so much from this and learn so much from this and become so empowered and confident around food choices that I could do this on my own by the end of it, but I continue yeah. to come back and work with these guys because I like what they're doing. I think that's so much more powerful. And it's something yeah. we practice at BU as well. We always say touch mm. wood. Luckily, my desk is wood, but touch wood if anything yeah. happened to me. Um, I don't want any of our clients to feel like their happiness and confidence is reliant on us because if something happened to me, they'd be screwed. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. And, and I guess at the end of the day, it's not about us. You know, we, yeah. we went into health for you, you the, the listeners, you know, like we're not in health to make money. Let's face it. <laughs> we're in health to actually help others and um, really make sure that people are becoming the best versions of themselves and whether that be through, um, you know, physical well-being, um, nutrition, psychology and mind, it's all just so important um, as a whole package. And um, that's really what we're all about is about them. And so mm-hmm. if we can create change and we've definitely done our job, you know, really well and hopefully long-term. Without a doubt, without a doubt. So let me ask for, for people mm. who are tuning into this and sort of um, – Looking for ways to get started. Obviously, it's a very tailored and personal and, and uh, thing, but I imagine over your time in, uh, in your career, you've seen mm. some running trends around yes. nutrition, some things that really everyone could benefit from that uh, we should be talking about more and educating uh, people about more often. Mm. What are some of those trends that you've seen? So I think when we look at um, what's happening with nutrition, I, what I would love to see is um, more accurate information. That's always nice, but I don't think we're going to see that anytime soon in the social media world. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you are following an account that is making you feel guilty about food or you know affecting how you see food, um, I feel like that's probably the first protocol um, which I see most frequently is that um, that misinformation is then feeding a lot of guilt and then a poor mm-hmm. relationship with food. So. You know, if you can unfollow them, that is definitely one of the first steps that I recommend for most um, in starting a better relationship with food. Um, And then from there, it's about working out what's going to give you the biggest improvements to your health and nutrition um, that aren't actually going to be something that changes your lifestyle or impacts your social life. So 
we want you to really feel a seven or an eight out of 10 confidence level when you're choosing a new habit to put in. So if you are trying to change everything about your nutrition all at once, chances are it's going to be short term. So what we want you to do is actually go, you know what? I know that I can, let's put in the example of um, eating more mindfully. So I know that I rush off and don't eat all my um, meals or I might skip meals or I eat really quickly. So it might just be, you know what, for the next week, I feel really confident in maybe just one meal a day. I'm going to take the time to turn off, eat for, you know, and make sure my meal lasts 10 to 20 minutes and really think about that meal and why I enjoy it and, you know, take the time to actually nourish. And that might be something that you're really confident with. And you might not be confident that you can do that three times a day for every meal, but you might be confident that you can do that maybe every dinner for most of the week. So that's a new habit. And then once you've found that that's kind of second nature, you can then move on to the next thing. And it might be, you know, um, for a lot of people, it's, I just don't get enough veggies in. And that's a really simple thing. And it's, you know, basics of nutrition, but really tricky to fit in or, you know, work out how it fits in. So you might go, you know what, at the moment, I'm only managing maybe one handful of veggies at a dinner time. And I know I need to increase that over the day. So I might try and add in a handful of veggies at uh, veggies or salad at lunchtime. And so over the time, you're then adding in foods um, and you feel really confident in being able to do that. And so you're achieving these habits without necessarily losing anything or being in pain or um, missing out on anything either. And, um, you know, before you know it, you've got this improved nutrition that um, you don't necessarily need to focus too much on. It becomes second nature that you feel good and energized and recovering well. And can I just point out there something quite remarkable and cool? I love that the first two pointers you gave there were around psychology and emotion. Yeah, yeah, we're actually, yes. Right, because normally with nutrition, it's eat mm. this, don't eat this, do this, oh, do that. Yeah. But what actually drives that long-term behavior, and as you were just saying there, that what creates that long-term sustainable change, it's not painful, that's not um, mm. from a place of depravity and from a place of, you know, loss. Yeah. Yeah. Is that sustainable emotional change first? And I love that first one, just that idea of if you're following accounts that make you feel guilty around food, just mm. come follow them. Just get rid yeah. of the influence. And, yeah. you know, and then to start thinking about what changes you can do confidently as habits in a small step way. Right? Mm, absolutely. Everyone's and- so quick to go, I'm going to change everything at once and do these giant <laughs> leaps. But then they just get overwhelmed. Oh, and it's not sustainable because your your environment hasn't caught up to that change. So mm-hmm. you're trying to change everything about your food, but you haven't changed your environment to suit that. So even if you can keep to it for two or maybe an eight-week challenge or whatever it may be, you haven't changed your environment to actually suit that. So it's always going to be short-term. So by doing the really slow change and the habit-based change and being guided um, and, you know, giving given information and knowledge around each of Um, those reasons of the why you actually get to change your environment to suit those changes because it happens so gradually man it's such a powerful thing for people to to approach i just love this idea of looking at nutrition from a way that is proactive a way that is sustainable a way that is strength-based and adding more Mm. yeah i honestly just love your approach to something that is so important and that you're right unfortunately has a bit of a bad rap and a bad name for itself at the moment. (laughs) Um, It's really, really inspiring and encouraging to hear Mm. experts like yourself actively changing that perception because this is knowledge that anyone can benefit from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, and this is the thing, right? Like it doesn't really matter, you know, where you are in your nutrition journey or your nutrition knowledge. You could, 
you just have to start somewhere and it doesn't need to be big or overwhelming. And, you know, if you're looking to lose weight or you're looking to improve health or reduce your risk of, you know, a health condition, the, the basics of nutrition are always there and they're always going to be there. And I think we're very good at overcomplicating it. Yep. Um, but you don't need to. You can get some really big benefits from just some really simple changes um, that you can add in every day. And, you know, it doesn't need to be perfect every day to get those results. So, you know, you can still add in all those social occasions, all those foods that you love. It's just when you take the guilt away from food, suddenly it suddenly you don't need to binge anymore or, you know, um, overeat. And you get that beautiful moderation in your intake that um, allows you to enjoy food, it, whether it's healthy or, you know, what society may consider not healthy. So um, I love that hopefully we can be bringing into society just a little bit less guilt around food and a little bit more self-love when it mm-hmm. comes to our nutrition sort, um, nutrition, nutrition choices. Sorry, lots yeah. of talking done today. <laughs> <laughs> no, so so powerful. And you know, speaking of first steps, you know, as you were saying, just starting somewhere with nutrition, wherever yeah. you are in your nutrition journey, just starting somewhere and taking those steps. Let's yeah. say people have been listening to, uh, to this episode. And they've really resonated with some of the themes you've been talking about and really going, yes, I, I like this approach. This resonates with me. Mm. How can people connect with you further and, and you, you know, pick your brain and really access that as one of their first steps? Yeah. So we've got a few avenues, like in terms of engaging a dietitian to um, coach you in your nutrition choices, we've got a free and um, free initial little prelim assessment on our website that you can just go from our homepage Um it's www.competenutrition.com. But the other thing you can do is just start to get to know us through our social media. So on Thursday nights, every every Thursday at 8.30, we do a um, Q&A live. Um, so you can ask questions as much as you like and just engage with us and start to get to know us. And you can see my face a little bit more and um, hear all, you know, about what everyone's working on at the time and send any questions through. So that's kind of a nice way to start to get to know us as well. We do that on Facebook and Instagram. Perfect. And just yeah. to clarify, can you give us that uh, website again? And I will ask you to, uh, to spell it because oh, we need to spell it, it this morning. It's true. It's true. So it's www.compete, so C-O-M-P-E-A-T, so compete, um, nutrition.com. Uh, so that's our um, name on Facebook and um, Instagram as well. Perfect. Perfect. And, you know, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for coming on the show today as a guest expert and for sharing some of your story and also your knowledge. I really do love your approach to this. And I think it's so valuable. I know that so many of our listeners uh, of this episode are going to get so much value out of what we've just spoken about. You really have made an impact today. Oh, thanks so much for the invite, Declan. Been a pleasure. Beautiful. Well, we'll be talking soon. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Dex. Bye. Bye. What an amazing, amazing interview with an incredible woman. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm so inspired by Alicia's approach to nutrition. Yeah, some of the things we spoke about today are so close to my heart. And if you've listened to the first episode of this podcast, you know that I struggled a lot with um, struggles around body image and eating disorders uh, when I was in my late teens and early 20s. So hearing Alicia talk about you know, that strength space, what can we add, taking away the guilt around food and some of her approaches to helping empower people feel more confident around eating 
it, it just honestly means so much to me. And I know that you would have benefited so much from listening to this podcast and to this episode. So once again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you for choosing to invest your time in listening to this podcast and to invest in yourself by doing so. And as always, until we next speak on next week's episode, be empowered, be exceptional, be you.